Praise the Lord. I mean, those we need it from time to time. We just need a refreshing, don't we, from the presence of the Lord to be able to come and just be able to minister to us. Amen. We're so thankful that the Lord is moving for His people and doing, doing wonderful things. And I really believe that what we're going through now is simply going to prepare our hearts for a great big thing He's fixing to do right down the road in our walks and in our lives. You know, God has a way of doing things to thin down and shake us and help our faith because He's got something greater He wants us to do. Now, from my past, me and you, we want to continue to search for greater things than God. Never reach well. I guess I've reached it. I'm totally satisfied with what I am. I think there's more revelation. A closer walk with God, a greater understanding for absolutely every person in this building tonight. Don't you? So that's what I'm looking for, to see what the Lord's going to do. We're going to pray, and I'm not sure uh, what, what our Brother Joel has mentioned, but we want to continue to remember Brother Jim Babb, of course, still in the hospital. I went to see him yesterday. I was able to pray with him. Had a little bit of movement yesterday, actually, in his eyes and uh, things. None today, but... Until the Lord says different, we're going to just continue to pray for him, claim a miracle, and believe the Lord's going to move. Is that right? Yes, sir. You say, but it's so far gone. Could we call Lazarus to the pulpit tonight and ask him, how far gone can you be before it's too late? My name is Lazarus, he said. Also, Brother Tim Airwood had to be readmitted back to the hospital, and they're treating him. I was able to go see him as well and talk with him, Sister Connie, a little bit yesterday and have prayer for him, and uh, Brother George is handing me this request. Please remember the Wiggins family, Sister Sherry's mom, passed away in her sleep earlier this week. So we want to remember them. How many of you have a need and request on your heart tonight? I believe the Lord is mindful of every one of them. Yours might seem so small that you think, my goodness, with everything that's going on, but I really hate to even ask the Lord. Let me remind you of a lady possum who resided in Indiana, and she had a real need one day. She didn't have a Bible to know that Malachi 4 was even on the earth, but somehow or another, the Spirit of God led her to Elijah's house. Now, I'm not sure if there are any blessed possums, but that one was a blessed possum. Can you imagine how many human beings went by his house, laughed at him, ridiculed him, made fun of him, called him a false prophet and everything in the world, and God sent a dumb animal, and that dumb animal was able to receive. So you know what? People can call us dummies if they want to. As long as I'm getting what I need from God, I really don't care. You could have told that possum that he was a false prophet. You could have told that possum that's a color. Don't you go to that house. This You think she'd have paid any attention to you? She got what she needed, and she walked out of the yard and turned back as if to say thank you and went on her merry way. So if God can deal with that with a dumb possum, he can deal with it with a dummy like me. Any more dummies here tonight can say the same? Sometimes it's not our, how dumb we are that's our disgrace. It's because we think we know so much. So let's take our needs, our requests before the Lord right now. Father, we love you so much. We are so grateful, Lord, that we could have this time to be together again tonight, Father. 
a little unusual for us on Thursday night, but I just hated not to be able to have church in the midweek. We need it so bad. Lord, I, I want to mention, Father, these requests, and Brother Joel, I'm sure, has already mentioned several, but Brother Jim Babb, and you see, Lord, the condition of our brother, but Father, we're just asking you for your mercy. And until you take him or you tell me otherwise to quit praying this way, I'm going to keep on praying and keep on asking and keep on believing. Father, that you're going to move for our brother. Lord, you know, as I stood by his bedside yesterday and I walked in there, no one there with me, just by myself. And I watched him, Lord, for a minute or so to see if there was any movement. There was nothing at all. Then I laid my hand on his shoulder and I started talking to him. And I started telling him how much we loved him, how much we appreciated him, that we was praying for him, Sister Linda, for Scotty. Lord, and his eyes began to move a bit, and I saw some expressions in his face, and I knew he was hearing me. So, Lord God, I pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus, may you move for our brother tonight, Lord. Dear God, if it's your will to take him, we would by no means want to hold him here in that body that he's held in. But Father God, until you're done with him, we're not going to let him go. Not only him, but none of the rest of ours. Father, we pray also for Brother Tim Arrowwood. You see, Lord, his need. And Father, he's feeling some better today. And we're grateful for that. We're just believing you that you're going to continue to strengthen his body and help him, Lord. We pray for the Wiggins family. You see, Sister Sherry's mom, Lord, to just sit back in a chair to take a nap. Oh, my. She awoke in a brand new land. Lord, I pray that you just be with the family and help them comfort their hearts, Lord God, we pray during this time in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn tonight to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now I woke up this morning really, really dizzy. My eyes was dancing in my head. And actually, they were dancing so much that my eyes crossed and I had to put my hands over my eyes until that would pass. So I might hang on to this tonight while I'm preaching, but I'm not going to let it hinder me. So don't you let it hinder you. Because I know what the Lord had put on my heart. And I thought, you stinking, rotten, low down, sorry, scumbag of a devil. I know why you don't want me to go to church because you don't want me to preach what the Lord's given me. But I'm here, he's here, and you all are here. So I say we have church. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues... What shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped? or harped. So if a person would take a pipe or a harp or an organ or a guitar or a piano and they just kept hitting one note over and over 
and over and over again. I'll tell you what it's going to do to you. The same thing it does to me. Drive me nuts. I love C, but not by itself, you see. There's a difference between a note and a chord. And a chord is an accumulation of several notes together. So Paul is here using this and saying, unless there would be a distinction in the note from one key to another, from one note to another, an octave, then there's no way to tell. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound has saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. But now blind I can see. But let's add the distinction. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. What is that? Distinction. So the octave changed. Now Paul said, unless it gives a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, so a sound that has not been taught, a sound given distinctions, and you are aware of the distinction, who shall prepare himself to battle? From those scriptures, I want to speak to you tonight for just a bit on a time of uncertainty. May the Lord bless his words. You may be seated. Let me start it out with this quote. There is uncertainty on every hand. Everywhere you look in national affairs, it's uncertainty. The big four meetings, now you look at this and you see that this was 1955, so there were four great powers at the time that the prophet was saying this, and they would have their meetings, and they would discuss this and discuss that, and world peace, and so on and so on, so it was called the big four. And he said they come together and they write out declarations, but there's an uncertainty whether the other side will keep their pledge or not. Isn't that amazing? Here we are in 2021, and people are exactly the same as they were in 1955. It's uncertainty in everything you look at. But one thing that's in Christ. That's one thing that you can be assured that's certain. Now, let's, let's look, if we can tonight, at a few things in our time that are so uncertain. We have just seen a catastrophic event that has happened under the direction of our leadership of our government, and that is in the land of Afghanistan. We've seen and dealt with 20 years of war, a trillion dollars that have been spent countless of lives that have been lost, people's bodies who have been maimed, people have lost uh, limbs and sight and um, not even counting the psychological battles that many of those uh, armed personnel will deal with for the rest of their life. And tonight there is definitely an uncertainty in the, in the land of Afghanistan because of the way our government handled this, uh, we are tonight the laughing stock of the world. 
And you can imagine with the Afghan people as the Taliban is now taking over every, every aspect of life in Afghanistan. Oh, we know that our president on July the 8th was asked the question, do you think the Taliban will come into ultimate control of Afghanistan? No, I do not. Because the Afghan army is 300,000 strong. That's exactly the way he expressed it. 300,000 strong. And they have an air force. And they have this and that and the other. And the Taliban is only 75,000 people. But here we are tonight because of that, that makes his words even more uncertain than they were before. And they were pretty uncertain with a lot of people. So here we have thousands of U.S. citizens that are there in Afghanistan tonight. We are not even sure if they will get out. Now, we're dealing with a lot of trouble, we know here, and you probably saw the pictures and the videos as well, that when these C-17 transport planes were coming into the tarmac and actually heading out, and you had hundreds and hundreds of Afghan people that were holding on to the sides and holding on to the landing gear, and some of them actually held on as these C-17s took off into the air, and the pictures were taken of their bodies as they were falling out of the sky. Human remains were actually found uh, closed up in the landing gear. Why? One word, uncertainty. They were uncertain what would happen to them when the Taliban comes in. So they felt like they might have a better chance. Can you imagine a human being being so desperate by the jaw they would hang on to a wheel of an airplane that's going to wind up being 40,000 feet, 42,000 feet, but they were so desperate and what they knew was coming, they thought surely they would not let me die. They're Americans. They have a heart. They have feeling. And yet not only have we treated the Afghans that way, but we have many of our own citizens that are there. I saw a video today of a United States citizen and was pleading for help, pleading for the American people to reach out to their Congress and their Senate, that they would not be left there. Why? Because they are uncertain of the homeland that they belong to. They are uncertain of the leadership that we have in the White House. Now, don't get quiet on me already. They are uncertain of how they're going to be treated. They are uncertain of how will they be alive by the time the reinforcements get there or will they be forgotten? Oh, they were promised it will not be like it was at the Bay of Pigs. There will not be any helicopters that will come in and land on the rooftops. But of course, if you've seen it, you saw it happen in 1971, whatever it was, and you saw the, the similar picture now in 2021. So what does that create? Uncertainty. There is uncertainty about the atmosphere of the earth. There is uncertainty about the climate change. There is uncertainty about floods on the east side of the United States and droughts on the west. There is uncertainty because we have just recorded in July the hottest month that has ever been recorded since they've been keeping records. So we've got 
ice that's melting here and there and there. And some say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't pay no attention to it. So you go to YouTube and you click on it and you go to studying and you'll find some people say, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. And you'll find others with another explanation and you don't know which one to believe. Well, praise the Lord. So what does it produce? An element of uncertainty. Well, I'm not sure if you know it or not, but in the last couple of years, over a million people have had to relocate in the Middle East, leaving places like Syria and Babylon, Iran, Iraq, different places like that. And the main reason was not because of persecution. It was not because that the government was actually out to get them, but but it was a shortage of water because rivers are running dry. Lakes are running dry and evaporating. Just this past week, the United States government proclaimed a drought status on the Colorado River, affecting Lake Mead and Lake Powell, for they have reached their lowest levels since it was whenever they were built. Now, that don't affect us. You sink back here. Oh, but you're very wrong. You see, the, the, that one source of water, the Colorado River, actually takes care of seven states and part of Mexico, and 40 million people get their water to survive from the Colorado River. Now, it's not just drinking water, but it is also your strawberries that come from California. It is your onions, it is your lettuce, it is this and this and this. Just this year, thousands and thousands of acres of farmland that had to lay in the fertile valleys of California had to lay there idle because they did not have enough allocation of water to be able to grow their crops. Where are you and I going to see it? At the grocery stores. So what is it? It is an uncertainty. And you're a farmers. I saw one the other day on YouTube actually and it was a fourth generation farmer. And their great great grandfather and them had moved there back in the 1800s and they had farmed that land and dug ditches and so on to be able to irrigate the land. And now this farmer was saying with all these thousands and thousands of acres but they're not sure what they're going to do. They're going to have to go out of business because there is an uncertainty about the water. And we look at California with all the fires that are going on right now. You know it, of course. Also, when you look in Siberia, as I saw it day before yesterday, the largest fire now on the, on the whole entire planet covering thousands and thousands of acres. And everywhere we look, whether it's from the east or the west, it is uncertainty that's going on everywhere. It is uncertainty about the fires. What are we going to do? Thousands of structures have been destroyed in California in the last few weeks. Now, of course, you know, whenever it does this, and then when the rains come, then it allows all the wash off to come off of there, and then it comes to the tributaries and the streams. So that creates another problem. And then we look at the world powers. People are so uncertain, and they just don't feel safe. 
well, is China, what's China going to do? And what's Russia going to do? And what about Iran? Isn't it amazing that America shut down her embassy in Afghanistan? But Iran did not have to shut theirs down, nor did China have to shut theirs down, nor did Russia have to shut theirs down because they are in cahoots together. Now, think of it. It's all, all getting ready for America to appear in a very weak, vulnerable state to embolden our enemies, to embolden even those that hate us and would love to attack us, love to absolutely annihilate us, and it also makes us look weak, not only inside of our enemies, but also in the sight of our allies. Our allies are running us down because of what has happened in this latest thing in Afghanistan, and to be honest with you, they ought to. Because many, many lives will be lost because of it, and yet what was it? Because of the faltering of our government. Can't you see, friend, what it is? The whole world around us is falling and crumbling away. It must give way to a brand new kingdom. And yet, what does it produce, though, among the American people? Our president, that many so loved and so thought would turn everything around. You had to be a little bit worth the thing out in the first place if you hear him talk a little bit. And why they kept him here? They kept him here for a reason. Don't you figure because he didn't have no sunscreen, didn't want him to get sunburned. It was because they was hiding his ability. But what is it now? Now we're stuck with it. Well, you look at who's the vice and you think, my goodness, which are we better off with him or her? But you know that this must come. And watch our enemies look at it and they think they are so weak. They are so vulnerable. And it must embolden our enemies. Russia, wouldn't it be something to be in some of their inner circle meetings and hear them as they are talking about us and our leader, the leader of the free world. Our president is not just the leader of the United States, but he's known around the world, no matter who it is in the White House, is known as the leader of the free world. If this is the leader of the free world, freedom is in trouble. And what does it produce? It produces uncertainty. And yet it leaves something and uncertainty creates doubt. And it can create fear. Oh, but I'm so glad tonight that the bride of Christ has an absolute. And that is Christ the word. Oh, you imagine living in this world and, and people not knowing what the answer is. And people looking on the powers of America. It's hard to believe really that we've changed this fast. In seven months under this new presidency, what has happened and how America has eroded to where that we were energy free and selling all this oil and this and that and the other. Now we have to beg the OPEC nations to be able to sell to us. It's amazing how things can happen so fast. Oh, but I'm so glad that the bride of Christ is getting ready every day of her life. I'm a uncertain too about politics. I'm just not certain which one's going to be it's going to this or that or the other. I'm uncertain about this and that when it comes to the natural realm, but I'm so glad I've got a certainty in my soul tonight. Notice this, the prophet goes on to say, you've got to have the certainty of anything to know whether it's right 
or not. So what does that leave us in whenever we don't have a certainty about something? Well, I don't know. I don't know if this is right or that's right. I'm just confused. And that's exactly where the majority of our world is. Now we're living in a day of great uncertainty. We all know that. The day of uncertainty and the time of uncertainty. I don't believe there was ever a time since it first began back in the Garden of Eden when sin come in and broke eternity into time. I do not believe there's ever been a space of time with so much uncertainty. Now can you imagine this one was 1960. Here we are 61 years or whatever more later. What would he say now brother Dave? If it was uncertain in 1960 what about 2021? Oh my, oh my. I do not believe there's ever been a space of time with so much uncertainty as today because there's not even one hope left in the natural world today. So no matter which way you look, dealing with our situation to where we are in the present time, dealing with diseases and sicknesses and you know, all the epidemiologists saying to this and one say to that and one say something else and this and went to college 18 years and this and went 14 years and they're saying opposite things so they say which one do I follow which one do I do we've got vaxxers and anti-vaxxers and maskers and anti-maxxers and then they all come to the same church you know well one don't believe this and one believes in that some still don't believe COVID's real they still think it's made up believe me I've buried enough people to know it is real is it lies? Is it politics? Oh yes, all that's attached to it. But friends, this virus itself is a killer. That's right. Notice this. Now let's take something else he said that's uncertain. Just so many things. Jobs is uncertain. I was thinking about this whenever I was studying on this, how different now whenever Brother Brandon was here about jobs, but now we've got jobs, but we've got too many lazy people that don't want them because our government is paying them to stay at home. My goodness, you've got, we hire signs at Wendy's, at McDonald's, everywhere, $5,000 sign-on bonus. you got to be kidding me. Working at a drive-thru, and they're going to pay you $5,000 sign-on bonus? We're giving this, and we're giving that, but what is it? It's an uncertainty, and look, eventually them checks are going to stop. Somebody's going to have to pay this big bill where we're writing all this money. Well, come on, somebody. Somebody's going to have to take care of all this. Our government can't do it. Remember the same government that's doing all this are the same ones that just made these decisions about Afghanistan. So if you think you can trust them, look at their record and you'll realize it's a bunch of liars, a bunch of thieves and they ain't got no business being there in the first place. So let me point you in the direction tonight that we can look. It's not toward the White House. It's not toward any place on this earth. Our vision should be toward the Lord Jesus. Oh my. He said you can have a good job you think and the next day the boss comes around and gets somebody else and kicks you out and puts somebody else in. So it's uncertainty of your job. Let's take also home life is uncertain. Divorce. My, as I was looking at the stats on this, how it's increased around the world in the last few years, even during the time of COVID. More people are, are, have got found for divorce. More people have been all kinds of things, one after another after another, because because people have been forced to live at home. 
And they realized they didn't love that man they married or that woman they married after all. They was having to spend more time with them on a normal work basis. They just spent a couple hours a day. And now they're shut up in the same house. And they say, you know what? I don't like this guy. So, you know, lawyers have been taking advantage of it and putting up advertisements on YouTube and Facebook and this and that. Divorce lawyers because it shot through the roof. Oh, you got them crooks that take advantage of everybody's heartache and trouble. And what is it? Home life is uncertain. And we've got to a place that our government wants to tell us how to raise our children. That's right. They want to tell us how to raise our children, what we can do and what we cannot do and how we can do this and that and the other. Don't tell me, friends. I just got a call the last few days from one of our great, great people from JMC, uh, you know, all this and this deal over at the Med Center in Moanda. Talk to me about why we preach this and preach that and the other and that a certain person didn't want to live this way and comply that way and it's really harmful for their health and they don't need to do this and that and the other wanting me to compromise on what we believe to be the truth and then try to bring a little bit of threat to you well you want to be held accountable I said do you want to be held accountable you want to be held accountable if we give in on this part and then we give in on something else and something else and you stand before God are you willing to answer for that person's soul thank you sir have a good day that phone call didn't quit. But what do they want to do? They don't want to just let you live the way you think you ought to live. The government wants to be able to control us and tell us what we can do, cannot do. Will they do the Hindus that way? Of course not. Will they do the Muslims that way? Of course not. But it's the conservative Christians that have a standard for the word of God. Come on, somebody, preach with me tonight. But what does it make it? It makes it uncertain. Oh my. It makes the times that we live uncertain. It makes church life. Now I hate to say it this way, but I might as well. Church life is uncertain for a lot of folks. You know, they just don't understand what in the world's going on. Well, I'll be the first one to admit to you, I don't understand all that's going on either. I, I never realized that we would go through such things as we have been over the last year. And has it been tough? Yes, it's been tough on you, it's been tough on me, tough on the ministry, been tough on all of us, but I realize also at the same time, as difficult as it's been. I just heard today that some of the churches in the Philippines have not been able to assemble together and have church for 18 months. So it's not been so bad for us. After all, has it? And we didn't like it because we had to stream. We didn't like it because there was 10 or 12 of us. I didn't either. I didn't like it. But can you imagine not being able to meet together for 18 months? You imagine, Brother Fred, how uncertain that you would be in the supernatural realm and then Satan throws all these thoughts. Hey, I thought you said God loved you. God knew this was going to come and you're supposed to go to church. Well, why did God let all this happen? Well, I just have to answer old blabbermouth back and say, I don't have a clue, but me and you ain't on speaking terms. So I'm not wasting 
wasting my time talking to you. I'll just talk to Father and say, Father, I don't understand, but I know it's all going to work for our good somehow. I don't understand why we was not able to have church. I don't understand why. But don't you imagine, friends, in the times of the early martyrdom, and you think, we've lost several out of our church. Uh, many people around the world have died during this time of the COVID, and we think, wow, what a terrible thing. But can you imagine a Helen Carroll coming to church tonight? In the days of the martyrdom, and whenever they would come and attack the churches in, in Corinth or in Rome or Thessalonica, wherever it was, and the Romans would come and get them and crucify them and beat their brains out and all the horrible things they would do and maybe annihilate an entire church, an entire church in a couple of days. Take an entire church to the Colosseum of Rome and there lose the pastor, the deacons, the oh, every, every member of the church and the church be totally eradicated. You imagine by the jaw, it must have been in their humanity and they're thinking, God, what is going on? How could this be your will, Lord? Lord, we do not understand. And it went on and on. Oh, but I love the way the book of Acts says it. And the Bible says that the churches had rest. So God let them be tried and he let them be tested. And then God gave them a season of rest. I don't know about you, I'm hoping it's right around the corner for us. But God knows exactly what to let families and churches and ministries go through. We believe his word. He'll never let more come upon us than what we are able to bear. How many believes that? Absolutely, as the saints of God we do. What's this? The prophet said, let us take home life. It is uncertain. You don't know what's happened to the moral fiber of our women. Brother Branham, buddy, if you was here today, you'd really ask that. That's right, Divorce is on the move. Why, it's terrible. Well, you see the divorce courts are crowded where girls and boys will marry and live together, have two, three kitties or something like that, and they'll separate and go out and marry another, marry another, marry another, marry another. Oh, my goodness. Oh, children, what, what will it be if the Lord tarries a few more years? Do you realize it's 72% of black children in America are born without a father in the home. Hispanics, Indians, whites, it's not just in one race, but over the whole spectrum, raising them in a home, and many times they don't even know who their father is because of the way the mother lived. And what is that going to do? It's gonna make them uncertain. It's going to put where they don't know if they can trust a man, they can't trust a woman, they can't trust this, and it's getting about that way anymore when it comes to church. People don't know who to trust. Well, I don't think trust this one, he says this, this one says that. But it's uncertainty everywhere you look unless you're looking up this way. Now, don't look up here and think you can find the certainty your soul needs. Uh-uh. I'm just as much a human as you are. I, I, I misunderstand things just like you do. And sometimes I've been in the dark about what we've been going through just like you have. But look in the same direction I'm looking. Follow me as long as I follow Christ. And this is where my eyes are, up this way. Now watch this, the prophet said, the uncertainty of home life, the uncertainty of job, the uncertainty of war, the uncertainty of churches. My, it's amazing how many thousands of churches have folded up. 
during COVID. Thousands of churches that no longer even have church. Why? It's so uncertain. And for some of them that are open, they've lost so many people, they're having to rent out part of their building for daycare or for offices or this or that or the other to be able to keep the electricity bills paid and part of the overhead. It's so uncertain. Don't you see what the world needs? The world needs a Messiah. The whole thing is setting up everywhere, all around the globe. They need a Superman. Oh, and the devil's got one right in the making. This is going to fall apart, and that's going to fall apart, and that's going to fall apart, and oh my, when the bride is gone up, then here will be the man that will step right in and say, children, I'm the man you've been looking for. I will cross craft to prosper, which is prosperity, of course, merchandise and manufacturing. I will do this, and I will do that, and the world will swoon after him, and they will follow him straight to the gates of hell. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm worried about it. Don't worry about it. If you got the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to be here no way. Notice this. He said, you just can't evaluate it hardly because there's no way to evaluate what our experience in the Holy Ghost is to a membership of a church. Now he's comparing church membership to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There ain't even no comparison. There's no comparison whatsoever, and it is not uncertain. Praise God. Notice he said, we live in a day of uncertainty. Can you imagine in the times of martyrdom and persecution, and the church did not have retrospectability the way we do today, and we can look back and see when the prophet broke to us the seals by the inspiration of God, that God was sowing a seed down into the ground. Paul never said that. Paul never said, look, children, don't worry. There's another bride that's going to come up, the Omega bride, 2,000 years down the road. And you're the Alpha bride, and you've got to be buried in the dirt of denomination. So the Omega bride can come out of those systems and bring forth the very same crop you did now. But instead, they've just wondered, oh, Lord, what's going on? Oh, God. So you go to church, and you lose your life for going to church. You go to the house of God, and you and your wife are arrested and somebody else gets your children. You're torched. You're fed to lions. You think they didn't have some uncertainty? You think they didn't say, God, what? What is, I, I, I never realized me serving you, Lord, that I would deal with this. I, I don't understand, Lord. I don't understand. And oh, brother, sister, I'll tell you one thing. When Satan can see that uncertainty in our heart, he loves to attack that avenue. Well, what about this? And what about that? And how come this? And what about that? And you might as well just go and say amen to it. Much of it we are not going to understand. We just have to commit it to God and say, Lord, you work it all out according to your good pleasure. My notice, he said, we live in a day of uncertainty. We live in a day when there's everything, almost that we can put our hands on, and the natural is uncertain. Oh, my goodness. So here we are. We thought we was coming out of a pandemic. We didn't realize that there was going to be 
variance. We saw when we went through some of you in July and August and May and whatever it was in 2020, my praise God, we got that behind us. And by then, we already was pretty much convinced we couldn't really trust our government. And we sure can't trust China. Don't you love the way China does things? I mean, if this actually did come out from the Wuhan uh, place there, uh, they send it to us, and then they start making masks and send them to us. Wow, ain't that cute? And I told Carol a month or so ago, I said, have you noticed how many more masks that there are? And it seemed like they were dying down and you wouldn't see them nowhere. And I told her, I said, I sure hope that ain't a sign of things that are to come. And then here you go, we get another variant. Oh, but now they're so cool with those masks because now what they're doing is color coordinating the masks for the ladies. So if you have the blue polka dot disc, so that say Erica's got on, and then they're, they're so nice and cool because they're making that, that mask to match that dress. Now, is, is that not that fashion or what? Do you think, friends, do you think then that they tell us it didn't happen by mistake and you are going to believe that? You are going to believe that whenever our Surgeon General stood and said the masks are useless. They are useless. The same man stood just a couple of weeks ago and said, oops, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have said that. So was he right then or right now? I wore the mask. I sanitized my hands. I done everything like I was supposed to do and got COVID anyway. Did it make much difference? I don't know if it made any difference or not other than smothering me to death the whole time I wore the crazy thing. You think I like masks? You're crazy. There's only one masked man that I used to like and that was Zorro when I was a kid. But I have grown up. So I don't like them on me. I don't like them on you. Well, come on. And then we come to the vaccine and then, oh my, we've got message people that are fussing and fighting and arguing and this and that and the other. And we've got the vaxxers and the message and the anti-vaxxers and the message. And each one of them has got their little dibits, you know, well, they can be able to click on YouTube or this doctor or that doctor, depending on which way you lean and which way you want to go towards. And the bottom line is there is just as much uncertainty now as it was when it started months and months ago. What should we do, Brother Donnie? Pray, saints. Pray with all of our heart. We cannot trust our government. We cannot trust even a lot of our health care people. They're pushing people out of there. You know it as well as I do. They've got so much on their hands. There's no way people are getting the care they need because they can't give it to them. It's uncertain. I sure wouldn't want to go to a hospital right now. I don't mind telling you. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Why? It's uncertain. And then this, this great doctor that's got this degree, I was reading some of them to Carol last night. We trained Brother Ron Spencer services. I was reading some things there to Carol, and this guy was so-and-so, the immunologist, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. And he had so many things. I just added a few myself, and I called him Reseology and uh, Smoreology and all that other stuff, too. Because I thought, man, a guy with that many degrees, he needs a couple more. So Carol was just sitting there, of course, laughing at me. And then he said one thing, and then I pulled up another one with all these degrees behind his name, and he said, said the exact opposite. Now you're saying, which one was right? Reesology or smorology? What does 
does it produce for those of you that would even want to know where would you look for an answer of truth? Well, Brother Donnie, I trust the statistics. Which ones? Who's or CDC's or Wuhan's? What is it, friend? It's a time. It's a time of uncertainty. Now, I'm not telling you not to be concerned about such things. I think these things are important to us. And I think each of us have to make the decisions about what we do and all this stuff of life. Oh, my. I hope you understand the reasons that I've even asked for masks and this and that and the other. It's not to make life hard on you. It's to protect you. I love you. If there'd be one person that we could stop from getting, I'd do everything I could to stop one person. Believe me, I don't want to lose another one. I prayed and prayed and prayed and stood by those that were gasping for breath. If there's one thing I could do to stop a one of you from being there, you better believe I'm going to do it. Whether you understand me or not, or whether you think I'm overboard or not, that's entirely up to you. But when I stand before God, I will give an account for trying my best to spare you this hell. And people are still uncertain. Well, I don't know. You gonna get the one shot or the two? I ain't getting neither one of them things, them blessed things. I'll tell you one thing, them straight out of the pits of hell. Them old shot, them things, they just come up with them. Somebody else said, no, they've been working on this technology for 20, 20 years. That's a bunch of lies. You can't believe them liars. And there you go. And you was ready to pull into Walgreen and make your appointment. <laughs> and then you pull back out and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then you hear of these stats and these stats. And you say, oh, maybe I should do it. And you say, no, it's, not. it's the devil. That's the devil trying to talk me into it. Children, it's sad where we are. Now, you're laughing, but you know it's the truth. Some of our own people don't know what to do. And don't you ask me, because I ain't going to tell you. I'll tell you the same thing I've told everybody else around the world that's asked me. You ask God. You ask God what you ought to do, and you get a shot which one you ought to get. You ask God, and he'll never tell you wrong. Oh, hallelujah. So there's uncertainty in science. Scientifically proved this and this and this and this. And then six months later, scientifically proved this and this and this. And I guess it depends on which side of the six months you are, whether you're saved or not. So what do you do? You're so uncertain, you don't know what to do. And then you got people in the message, preachers that are preaching that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. How can a message preacher be so ignorant? You ought to study the message. You ought to study the message. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is denominationalism. Well, praise the Lord. And then you've got others that say, oh my, uh, this certain, certain woman, uh, she got the vaccine. And when she walked by a computer, her name splashed up on there and her address and her social security number. Oh, Lord. It's probably more dangerous for you to go out here and get in your car and pull out on this highway, which I won't miss none when we get away from here. And we worry and fret. Do you understand the prophet of God said, the worst thing Satan can ever put upon you is fear. 
Someone was telling me the other day they heard the different things about people who get the COVID and the different things that lead to mortality about it. And they're talking about this and that and the other, you know, and the second most important thing that this board of doctors was saying that they felt like was one of the worst things that could happen to people was fear. Fear, I thought, yeah, that's what that prophet said all those years ago. Fear, and people are terrified. Oh, I believe we should be cautious. Yes, I believe we ought to wash our hands. I believe we ought to do whatever we can do. But friends, don't live under the fear of this thing. Our lives are not in the hands of the devil. They are in the hands of Almighty God. If we don't believe that, we might as well quit serving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A time of uncertainty. Notice they said we live in a day of uncertainty and live in a day almost everything you put your hands on the natural is uncertain. So much uncertainty till the nations are quaking. Uncertainty in our national security. There's no nation safe anymore to be the victims to Russia by midnight tonight. Now, you imagine this is 1961. What could they do now? Or either be in bits. It depends on what Russia wants to do about it. What did that last angel's message say? Listen to this carefully. When he crossed the three angels, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of every unclean spirit that's exactly where it's at. Sure, we have no security in our nation. Don't you see that third angel's message has already sounded. Doom has done been pronounced on Babylon and she will finally be blowed to bits. I don't care who we put in the White House. It will make no difference. Some's worse than others. We know that. But it don't matter who we put in there. They will never change it. The message of the angel has already come forth. Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. It's uncertain everywhere. Uncertainty. There's no. There's uncertainty in your job. Uncertainty in politics. Uncertainty in the Democrat Party. Uncertainty in the Republican Party. Uncertainty in all the parties. Well, friends, if you think this is just in America, you need to open your eyes a little bit. Look in France. With all the protests that are going on in France, which is a very liberal nation compared to us, but yet all the protests because of the mandates of this and that and the other. Look at Australia. Got the mandate stricter there, just reset them again this week, stricter there than what we've ever had here in America. And they are protesting and people are arresting, the police are arresting them, shooting them with tear gas. What does it produce in people saying, oh no, oh no, they're taking my rights. Next thing they want my gun. Next thing they want this. What does it make us as American citizens feel? Uncertain. Because Big Brother is always watching you. I pick up my cell phone just every now and then and say, hey, just in case you're listening, go ahead and record me. You ever notice that you talk about eating somewhere, doing this and that and the other, and then you open Google next time and there it is on your advertisements. 
Come on, Joe, I'll turn it off. Well, maybe you might be able to do it, but they're still watching you. And people are scared to death that there's a computer chip and a vaccine, and they're going to watch them. you got something bigger than that in your purse you're packing around. That's your iPhone, sis. That's your droid. They keep up with you. Isn't it amazing? Carol and I will get in our vehicle on Sunday morning. On Wednesday night, it didn't do it tonight because we usually don't have church on Thursday night. But on Wednesday night or Saturday night and Sunday morning, whenever I back out of my garage, before I get out of the garage, it will tell me it's 12 minutes to Happy Valley Church of Jesus Christ. Now, what's it doing? It is patterning my behavior. It knows exactly pretty much where I'm going. When I get ready to leave tonight, it'll tell me exactly how long it's going to take me to go home and it'll be right unless I go through Taco Bell and get a taco. So if they can do that, how much more are they listening? Are they watching just in case you feds are listening to this sermon tonight? I hope you bunch of devils get saved and get the Holy Ghost before this whole thing blows apart. <laughs> well, don't you want them saved? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, oh, you say the Democrats are doing it. We can well see what they've done. And we can well see what happened when the Republicans had it. Don't you understand? Neither party can turn it around. It's doomed and damned. Oh, my. Notice the prophet said in the church, it's also uncertainty. How can we have about 900 different organizations and every one of them differ one to the other and fussing one with the other? How can a poor laity know what to do? How can the people know where to stand? And what does it make uncertain? Well, my mama was a Baptist, but then she married a Methodist, and then my uncle was a Pentecostal, so I'm a Pentecostal, Methodist, Catholic, I don't know what I am. That's right. They really don't know where they fit. They don't know where they belong. Well, one's just as good. Let's see, if, if, if my daddy was a Pentecostal and my mama was a Baptist, does that mean I'm a Baptist penny or a penny baby or a method? I don't know what I am anymore. I don't know what I am. I can tell you what I am. A word-born, Holy Ghost-filled, heaven-bound Christian. So I ain't got no group I identify with as far as denomination, but I want to know that I'm certain. I want to know that I can be certain when I die that I have made peace peace with my God and I've done everything that I know to do. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. <sighs> Let me jump down to the last quote here and we'll close. You've done good. Thank you. Look at this in the absolute in Phoenix. What the Christian needs today in this atomic age and this time of uncertainty. You need something besides just an experience of joining church. You need an anchor, an absolute, that you know because churches will fail, people will fail, but Christ cannot fail. Now I want you to notice how your prophet, what he pointed us to as the absolute. And if we point to anything different from him, we're not saying what he said. Amen. Now notice, because churches will fail, people will fail, but Christ cannot fail. He's, he's the absolute to the believer. And if Christ is your absolute, you're tied to him. And if he is your absolute and you're tied to him, then you're tied to the word. Amen. 
Well, politics is uncertain. That's right. Churches are uncertain. That's right. But if you have got a place that you can tie. Look, we don't want to be tied to a doctrine in this message. I don't want to be tied to Jeffersonville. I don't want to be tied to some church in Louisiana, some church in Alabama. I want to be tied to the Lord Jesus. Now watch. He's going to tell us how we'll know if you're tied there or not. Now, this tells whether you got the right absolute or not, see. If you can read in that scripture something that Christ has ordained or commissioned us to do, such as lay hands on the sick or preach or, you know, whatever Christ has commissioned us to do, and because of some twisting around, and if someone would tell you that was for the disciples or someone else, you don't hold on to that, then Christ is not your absolute. So if someone tells you that Brother Branham was all of the fivefold ministry and we don't need any more preachers, their absolute is not Christ, according to the seventh angel. Well, 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 he, he's the same yesterday and forever, except we don't believe in miracles and we don't believe in, well, your absolute is not Christ. How could you be tied to Christ when your life being saved by God is a miracle and you not believe in miracles? How could a miracle not believe in other miracles? Oh, praise God, friends, right here's a problem. Many of our folks, Christ is not their absolute. Well, praise God then Christ is not your absolute. That person who led you out of the way is your absolute. Oh my, but if that word Christ still holds, see, then he's your absolute. We mustn't let anything stir us out of the way of the word and the church said COVID-19 vaxxers anti-vaxxers maskers anti-maskers churchers anti-churchers make sure you've got a tie post please don't misunderstand me when I say this your tie post cannot be your memory in quoting scriptures some people think that's their typos, them quoting. You'll get to a spot, you'll lose your memory. But if Christ is in your soul, even when your memory is gone, Brother Tom, you've still got that typos in the soul. Don't make your talk. oh well, Brother Brown was my absolute. I can understand where you're going. I can understand where you are going. But the man himself that you are calling his name told us to make Christ are absolute. Yes, we take his teachings and we believe as it was in the days of Paul when they took that, that it was a prophet's word. That's right. But when you come to this, you cannot get Brother Branham in your soul. Then this doctrine, that doctrine, this man, that man, there's only one person that can get in your soul and that's Christ Jesus or the devil. Make Christ your absolute. And if you get the Holy Ghost in your soul, don't you worry, you'll have the right balance with the message. (laughs) Amen. Can we stand together? Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Aren't you glad in this day of uncertainty? We have an absolute, a tie post to our souls. We'll always have these things of life, friends. He said, but Brother Tony, you didn't answer on these questions. Exactly right. Exactly right. I am not to be the person that you come to and has the answer. You run from any man that has all the answers for your life. He's lying to you. Even the prophet of God couldn't answer everything everybody asked. There's only one that can do that, and that's Almighty God. But this is something about it. Whenever we're uncertain about this and that and the other, can you imagine the world out here now? Many of them don't know what to believe. They don't know which way to go. They're not sure about our peace. Are we going to have any peace? What about our money? What about our rights? What about this? What about that? What about that? And every one of them feeding on one source of the news and then someone else feeding on another source. And then they, they talk and they hash it all out. Oh, my goodness. And if they don't have an absolute and really know where this thing's going to end, can you imagine when they lay down at night how troubled they must be? But tell me, how good does it feel when you lay down at night and you tell the Lord how much you love Him and how much He means to you? And you go to drifting off and your alpha brain waves begin to change and then they'll go into that straight line and then go on into the deeper sleep and you lose consciousness. Isn't it such a wonderful thing to know as our sister that out in Arkansas just sat down back in the recliner to take a little rest. She got a little rest, all right. Praise God. Isn't it something that Brother West, we go home tonight and we lay down our eyes never open again in this mortal body. But we've got an absolute. We've got an absolute. My absolute, friends, is not doctrines of this message. Don't you understand why I blast that so much? We are not going to be in eternity discussing serpent seed. We are not going to be in eternity discussing the seven seals or the seven thunders. What we're going to be doing in eternity is worshiping our Lord God, our Savior, our Messiah. Our master. This is why I don't understand people that don't want to worship him now. I don't understand that. I think, what are they going to do for eternity? It ought to birth something in us that makes us want to love him and worship him with all of our hearts. Oh, praise God. Lord Jesus, it makes us look about. Lord, and we hear it from one to the other to the other. Lord, our president told us just a little bit ago that if we would get vaccinated, we would not. We would not get COVID. But of course, now we know that is not true. And we truly want to give medical science they are learning as they go. We know that. And we will allow them that. But which one do we believe? This one says this and can scientifically prove it. And this one says that. Oh God, we're so grateful that we have something certain tonight. Our King, our Savior, our resurrected Lord. And you left us your word to be able to lead us to that blessed place. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. 
So in uncertain times, we're so thankful that we have an absolute. And that absolute will guide us. So Father, I'm sure some of these here, Lord, they're looking at various decisions in their life and they don't know what to do. Many of them trying to decide on this and decide on that. We see the protest around in America because of schools and Lord, I'm wanting to mandate our kids to wear them and scientists has not been able to really say, will it damage their lungs? Will it hurt their lungs? And some say, oh, it's crazy to say such a thing. And others say, no, no, it's legitimate. We need to research this and check into it. So there again, it makes us uncertain. Oh, Jesus, pull us up next to yourself, would you, Lord? During these troublesome times, whisper into our ear and let us know you still love us. You still care for us, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we're just asking you that you'd move for your children around the world. Lord, this COVID thing took us all totally by surprise. We never, ever saw anything like this would ever come. And not just affect the population of the earth, but affect all the churches and all your ministers. There's not a minister, Lord, hardly around the earth that I know that's not been affected by this thing or a church. But yet you knew it, Lord. Is this all part of bringing a desperation to us? You told us through your prophet that if we didn't get desperate, we'd miss it. And yet you told us we couldn't get desperate within ourselves. So we're in a fix almost, as it were, a catch-22 that we gotta be desperate and we can't be desperate on our own. But you sure know how to turn up the pressure to make us desperate. So Father, I pray you'd help each of us, Lord, in uncertain times that we can be so grateful when we lay down on our beds tonight that we can have a certainty in our hearts. If there's anyone here or anyone under the sound of my voice that's heard this service, that's not in the visible audience, that knows they're not ready to meet you, may they find that certainty, that absolute vindication of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus in their life. And the evidence will be they can say amen to every word of God. They will let no one explain it away, no one devalue it, because they have been born by the breath of God himself. Oh, Jesus, thank you for such an absolute and troublesome times. Father, I pray for those. Lord, we don't get one buried till we have just a few days and then another. Lord, we still want to remember those that have lost loved ones, Lord. The, the, the term lost, you know what I mean when I say that, Father, in our terms. They're not lost when we know where they are, but they're lost from our presence or away from our presence. We know different ones are still grieving, Father. We pray that you'd be with them. Comfort them with us, Lord. Them children, them grandchildren, widowers, Father. Oh, Jesus, may your grace move upon each heart. I, I was reminded today, thinking about it, it, it's similar as it been in ages gone by when the Inquisitions was going on and the martyrdoms was taking place. You veiled a gathering time of many of your children and you let them go under a martyrdom or an inquisition in Spain or wherever it was. This time, you wanted to call a bunch of your children home and you veiled it or allowed them to go. Oh, it looked like, you think, why in the world when the Lord just let them go to sleep? But that's the way we're looking at it. 
deaths to you is so different from us. It doesn't really make any difference whether they go by COVID or a car wreck or just go to sleep in a chair. The Bible says, in your sight, in your sight, the deaths of your people, of the saints, is precious because they catch that taxi and they span that bridge and they're burst onto that theophany body. Oh, Lord God, comfort every heart, would you, Lord? Bring peace, I pray, Father. We love you, Jesus, with all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord God. How many loves him with all your heart? Can we just worship him a little bit before we go? I know you've got to work tomorrow and stuff, but can we just worship him just a little bit? Brother Darrell, maybe you can come sing that song about the storm that you sing. Be discouraged. Why should I be discouraged? When you sung on this sermon, you preached. Praise God for an anchor. Amen. To know the gospel makes that certain sound that we can rest our souls on. Thank God that he, in this hour we're living in, is such confusion, such uncertainty. He has spoke to us, friends. Follow me. Follow me. Hallelujah. No matter how dark the storm is, you push through the clouds. I've done it just the other day up in Alaska. It was raining and the wind blowing so hard. And that old bush plane lifted off there in Chivac. And as soon as we broke up through the clouds, there was the sun. He's always there with us, friends. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Amen. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? The very same Jesus He stays always near He lives in my heart And He hears when I cry I can call on His name Till the storm passes by Out on the water The storm's raging high The waters around them Had troubled their mind With fear in their hearts They thought they might die But they failed to remember The Master was nigh He spoke the words the winds all stood still even the waters obeyed his will he'll calm your storms just like he will mine if you'll just remember the master's inside so why should i worry why should i fear same Jesus, He stays always near. He lives in my heart and He hears when I cry. I can call on His name till the storm passes by. I read in the Bible how He walked with them, brought light to their when the way seems so dim How great it would be To have my footsteps in His With the Master all of the time Okay, death so nigh Hallelujah 
body's in pain All I have to do Is call on his name Why should I worry Why should I fear wonderful name the name of Jesus when temptation rounds you gathers the prophet said breathe that holy name in prayer watch demons scatter watch the wind cease to blow oh hallelujah I'm so glad tonight Lord as we bow in your presence that we have an absolute Lord Oh, I was thinking the other day, Lord, along these very same lines. I thought, oh, if I only had the government, if I only had this nation to lead me or to guide me, where would I be? When the Democrats can't get along with the Republicans and they call each other names and fuss and fight like a bunch of children. Oh, God, I am so glad that my absolute is not the government, Lord. I'm so glad that my absolute is not an organization, dear God, or not some kind of beads that I have to count and pray to, Lord. And my absolute is not a candle that I have to light, Lord God. But it's you, Lord. It's you that come to me when I was a boy. It's you, Lord. It's you. In the name of Jesus, I'm so glad, Lord. I'm so glad I met you in that old barn down there in 1981. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to me, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, you see the needs of our people tonight, God. I humbly pray, Lord, if thou hear my prayer, dear God, may your spirit move upon every need, God. Oh, God, those suffering tonight, God, those that are in fear, a fear of getting the virus, Lord, a fear of pneumonia, a fear of their sad storm, and whatever it would be, may you speak to their storm tonight, Lord. May they see you in the midst of the clouds, dear God. And may their absolute not be a medical journal, Lord. But may it be the Holy Bible, dear God, for you said you deliver us out of all our afflictions. You are our deliverer, Lord, and how we praise you for it, Father. God, I pray for those tonight, Lord. You see those on our prayer list, dear God. Brother Eugene Kennedy, Lord. Brother Jim Babb, God. Others, dear Lord, that are in need tonight. Brother Royale, there in the Philippines, God. 
different ones tonight, God. May your spirit move for them by the rising of the sun, Lord. May they see strength coming to their bodies, Lord. May they wake up, dear God. May they move, Lord. Oh, dear God, the Johnson City Medical Center and the hospitals around the nations will know we serve a living God. We do not serve a God of imagination or false hope, but we serve the God of reality who's able to speak to a man that was dead four days and he stood on his feet. Oh, how we thank you tonight, dear God, that you specialize in things thought impossible and that our anchor, Lord God, is in you, Father. Bless Brother Donnie tonight, Lord. You see his body he was sick today, Lord, of the weakness and the dizziness. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, by the same anointing that raised our Lord from the grave, may us move upon our brother and may this leave him, dear God, and torment him no more, we pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you. Go with your people now, dear God, as we make our way home. Oh, may we just before we go to bed tonight, just raise our hands to you. And thank you for the absolute, God. How we love you, Lord Jesus. How we thank you tonight, Father God. Oh, have you enjoyed the word of God tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's so good, isn't he? Certainly appreciate your prayers up in, up in Alaska. We just came from those meetings up there. Just had a wonderful time. I baptized two. Had six come to the Lord. And that little sister, maybe you heard me tell the testimony about her. She came up and said, I'm an alcoholic. I've been to the nine-step program three different times. She said, I just can't quit drinking. And I said, sis, have you tried Jesus? And I said, just, just give it to the Lord. And we began to pray for her. There was a couple of years ago in the meetings there in August of 19. And we began to pray for that little girl. She began to scream out, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And I saw her up there in the meetings this, this past weekend. She's still serving the Lord. She sung a special. She said, Brother Darrell, it's two years. I'm still sober. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm just so grateful. <laughs> it's just so wonderful what the Lord can do. Amen. Amen. Just go in the fear of the Lord tonight. Sing us happy, Brother Harry. Sing us something, buddy. Amen. Do you love him tonight? Amen. God bless you, saints. It's a privilege to serve the Lord with you. It's a privilege to be a part of this army. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done for me and my family. May the Lord bless you richly, be my prayer. Amen. Through it all.
trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Trust in God. 